1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or SleepNumber.com.
0: Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness.
1: You're listening to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast, bringing you fun and soulful interviews with spiritual teachers with the aim of tuning you in and lighting you up with your host, George Lizos.
3: Lightworker, welcome to another episode of the Lead Up Lightworker podcast. Before we get started with today's episode, I'm excited to tell you that my second book, Lightworkers Gotta Work, The Ultimate Guide to Following Your Purpose and Creating Change in the World, is out now and you can order it globally on Amazon. If you're feeling the call to help make the world a better place, but you don't know where to start finding and following your life purpose, I wrote this book for you. It's packed with processes, rituals, and meditations to help you turn on your light and get it to work, so that together we create a better world. When you order the book, you also get a two-hour live masterclass with me entitled Life Purpose Bootcamp, during which you'll get to find and define your life purpose in a specific two-paragraph definition. And you can visit lightworkersgottawork.com to get all the details. In today's episode, we're talking all about working and understanding the ancient Norse runes. I'm recording this episode while visiting the oracle of Delphi in Greece, the Western world's most famous oracle. In the ancient times, the priestesses who served at the temple known as the Pythia communicated with God Apollo to receive prophecies that directed crucial state matters. Around the temple of Delphi, freelance fortune tellers known as the mantis also gave readings using a variety of other divination processes. They read the movements of the birds, they divined animal and tails, and they casted sheep knuckles. You see, divination methods have been practiced for thousands of years by most cultures around the world. And what's fascinating is that, while other functions of society have declined or disappeared completely, many divination methods have persisted. And one such method are the ancient runes, a divination system developed by the Norse people. I've always wanted to understand and learn how to cast the runes, and so I invited my friend and author of Runes Made Easy, Richard Lister, to teach me all about them. Specifically, in this interview you'll learn the history and origin of the runes, the meaning of popular runes, how to make your own runes, and different ways of casting the runes. And be sure to listen all the way until the end of the interview because Rich will give us a rune reading. So without further ado, enjoy this episode with Richard Lister. Rich Lister is a holistic coach who specializes in self-regulation, reconnection, resourcing, and rest. His roots are in the Norse tradition and he's been using and working with the runes for 20 plus years. Rich, welcome to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Absolute honor to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to have you here to talk about your new book with Hay House, Runes Made Easy. And I gotta tell you, I've always found the runes fascinating. I've loved the Norse religion and tradition and mythology. I've obsessed over Vikings, the TV series, but I've never actually studied this. So I'm so excited to learn all about the runes and the Norse tradition in general. And I'm sure many of my guests are interested in this as well. So before we get started and talk about the runes, I wanna hear about your own journey in learning and connecting with the runes. What was it that got you to where you are today?
2: Well, I am i love stories. And since I was relatively young, I enjoyed stories and um, how the mythology of things evolved. And then like in the early 2000s, um, I went to a pagan camp may have had a, a mead or six and um i remember uh looking at the fire and this guy comes out of the fire with one eye and a raven and a spear and he told me i had to, I had to go and do a load of things and um like when a one-eyed god tells you to go and do something you go and do those things and in norse mythology what i've got is um odin woden the god of kings and he's Very authoritarian so I went and did those things and here I am now and one of those things was learning um, all about the runes in as as much detail as I could because they're a modality that I really enjoy and they work really well um, being brought from the really dead and buried past from like the 13th century all the way back resurrected back into the now.
3: What I love about pagan traditions in general is that they're resurfacing right now. Essentially, the gods of all the different different cultures around the world have never really died. The re- religions have changed, the traditions have changed, but the gods still exist and they're resurfacing. Our interests and our work with them and Earth-based spirituality is resurfacing, which I find so touching and I'm so happy with because I'm also pagan myself. So, of course, the runes are connected with the Nordic tradition. They are like... Like so interconnected. So I guess to understand the runes, we have to understand the Nordic tradition. And in your book Runes Made Easy, you talk about the Nordic tradition. So I was wondering whether you can give us an introduction as to what was the perspective of the Nordic people about the gods, about the universe, about life, and how do runes come into this?
2: So um, the Vikings, the Norse, whatever word you want to use. Um, I use uh, Nordic in, in my book, but whatever works for you. Vikings, like leather and chain mail and stuff, who, who wouldn't? Um, um, they viewed the world as an interconnected web of layers. In a lot of the um Hellenic traditions, you have the um the witches who sit round and they pass the eye around and they, they peer into the future. In the Norse of the Viking um spirituality, they have the Norns who sit at the root of the world tree, this massive ash called Yggdrasil, and they spin the fates of everyone together like a rug that links together with threads and these threads say right now your thread and my thread are interacting because they're close together um but because we're close together everyone near you is being pulled ever so slightly near me but that's also happening in like four or five six seven dimensions across like time and space and the energies and stuff so all of these this web of the weird w-y-r-d weird um is all interacting together that's being spun by these norns these three goddesses and the runes work by being attached to the different vibrational energies that come across the weird so if for instance um, you are vibrating with a high abundance energy feyu the rune of the cattle of abundance of resources and money might be the room that comes to you if you're feeling full of brute force and power it's Uraz, the urox, um, the strength room and these concepts are very primitive because as we all know when christianity moved um, north um, they literally burned everyone who had the old ways and the old beliefs so all the um this stuff was written down by christian monks with their spin on it so a lot of the language is very christianized so we have to work out how people thought about things 1500 years ago so we find out what the runes mean and then reinterpret them from now we don't have an urox anymore this strong big bull type creature but we do have a jcb a digger or a a crane um cow isn't necessarily the best unit of currency anymore but we do have dollars and euros um, ice is a very different concept now because we have control over it, we have fridges and freezers but being able to skate and move across things is a different idea so all these different concepts that we had 1500 years ago move, are moving their way in, as you just said, with this um, revitalising of the ancient um, to be reinterpreted, re-understood by modern humans in ways that can bring themselves into the energies of now so we can understand how the concept of family affects us now via modern mediums like zoom opposed to a family unit living in a a um, borough in deep dark frozen norway looking after each other where now we have to look at each other look after each other as we light up as we work the light together to bring that energy in
3: i love that you talked about the weird because I've had a book that I've read by Brian Ye- Brian Bates called The Way of Weird, and I've we- I've read that years ago, and in one of my decluttering like moments, I've like discarded it. But I remember I had given it to my dad to see. I had given the bulk of like discarded books to my dad to see if he wanted something, and for some reason he saved that book. And I- my dad passed away since then, and I was decluttering his stuff, and I found that book, like buried in his. Like among his books, a few, a few days ago, and now I'm oh, having wow. this conversation with you about that, so I, I, I saved the book. I didn't, know, I didn't throw it away. I'm like, wait, you know what? Something calls to me again back to that book. So it's interesting how these threads, right? that yeah, you just presence, talked about. Yeah, it yes. spreads up and down.: I love it. And I love that you talked about the fates. And I want to talk a little bit about fate versus determinism. Is the future like written in stone by the fates or is it, uh, can we change it and it can be affected Because runes are a divination tool. And from, from the Greek paganistic, pagan tradition, you have the three goddesses, the three fates, Lachesis, Clotho, and Atropos. One, the Lachesis sets the, the main events that are gonna happen in someone's life, but does not determine whether they're gonna happen or not because we have the free will of just changing them and uh, completing them or choosing them or not. Then you have Clotho, which just weaves everything together and makes everything happen. And then Atropos that takes the life of the person at the end of their life. So how does the Nordic tradition consider fate? And to what degree is fate written in thought?
2: Um, That's a really good question. Thank you. Uh, A lot of the Nordic traditions, fate versus destiny versus free will stuff, um has been lost because um it didn't fit with the christian ideal of the god's god's will but what we do know is that um in the poems and stories that people didn't get fated to do xy and z you had control and there's a really good line in a movie called the 13th warrior that was pulled from a um like a really old text in iceland that said run and hide if you will the thread of your life has been written long ago and you can, you'll live 50 years anyway, but you can hide under a rock and be a coward, or you can just go and have fun and do exciting things, and you'll die for whatever reason. You're still going to die after this amount of time. So why, why live your life in fear? So I think this, the, the fate, the predetermination aspect isn't necessarily as fixed as maybe we perceive um in modern western parlance we have the fate is very self-deterministic as you said with um the hellenic stuff with the um the greek stuff is that you can choose whether to engage with the battle you can choose whether to go to the job you can choose this but you do have to pay the consequences of what happens if i choose not to fight and the clan sees me as weak and horrible and throws me out that's my fault because i chose that if i choose to go and fight get killed i chose that so it's all about choice but those choices have ripples like if you throw a stone in a pond the the lilies will bounce up and down because of that stone and with that with those ripples spread influence and if you have a strong energy like zeus like rodin they can pluck those ripples and move them themselves whereas you and i Um, mere mortals on this realm living our energetic experience in these bodies have a a different energy around it we can affect those energies around us almost um, immediately around us like you and I are affecting right now my wife downstairs um, maybe the neighbours if they're loud I can shout at them or whatever those things we can affect but the gods these powerful entities that um, stalk the universe who want to do their amazing things themselves go I like George, I'm going to go and put uh, $10,000 in his way and flick that um, string of fate so you go towards that potential money. So it's about seizing the opportunity, seizing the chance that that the universe presents you opposed to just waiting because, yep, it will come to me, I'm doing the right thing, I'm being a good person. It's an action-based process opposed to an inaction-based process. If that makes sense, fade so down to the yeah. Nordic mythology, Nordic mentality.
1: A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times.
3: Yes, I love how nuanced it is rather than black and white, because as you said, we usually tend to have a very black and white opinion about fate, but it's not like that. There's so many different layers involved. And of course, here come the runes, who are, which are a divination tool, right? So talk to us a little bit. What are the runes and how do they come to be? I know they're a divination tool. I know you cast them, but that's as, as far as, I,
2: as my knowledge goes. So, the runes have got their history back in petroglyphs, um like carvings in stone, which are thousands of years old, and they evolve as humans evolve so primarily they're a language they're a way of writing down sounds like hieroglyphs or um the alphabet as we know it in English or any other language and these runes have evolved through that language to mean. Concepts. They each rune has a poem associated with it. The Anglo-Saxon runes are quite evolved poems because they're written down by monks who were really interested in, in converting the heathen pagans. And these runes are quite uh, complete, and we have um, rune poems that are really full and full of meaning. And that my translation of those are in in my runes made easy book. There are also the Nordic, the Norse, um, Norwegian rune poems that are brutal. They talk about things, pustules, and death, and bears eating you, and stuff like that. And even more brutal are the Icelandic ones, because um, in in the the, uh, tenth century, Iceland was being settled, and it was like the Wild West, like like we see in Western movies for the America in America, except with battle axes and swords, with grudges and lawless people migrating to this new place. So the culture defines the runes as a language. And then defines the meaning of the runes and these runes then pick on this resonance this um shape of energy that we associate with them so like i said feyu the rune of abundance of wealth of cattle um looks like a cow it's just got a straight staff with two little horns coming out so cows have their horns and that's um the runes look like that Uraz, the rune of strength looks like if you defocus and get primitive, a rune of a cat, a big mighty ox with big shoulders pointing forwards and a smaller back. Um, each rune has a different shape that is carved into the rock, carved into the bone, carved into the steel. And they they um, either used as a letter, a sound, a phonetic noise, or as a concept to bring that energy in. And as we evolve that energy, we bring it um, into our modern versions and realising that we can use it to divine with by casting run sticks. And there's a volva, a witch, who was found in Jutland in Denmark, who had um, brass, if I remember rightly, runes um, in her grave with a spinning distaff, a, which is a way of turning wool into thread. And because a volva means wand weaver so she wove the threads literally and th- wove the threads of fate as well and then used the runes to divine the future by looking at almost the same way as we do nowadays tarot cards maybe looking at the past the present the future or energies that are affecting the the status quo so we can see where we can have the most powerful actions
3: wow so essentially runes have different interpretations based on the people who use them. Mm-hmm. So what is the, uh, the interpretation that you're using in, in the book?
2: So I'm using elder Futhak, which is, Futhark is um, like the same way we'd say alphabet, but um, F, uh, Ath, A, so alpha beta type of thing, is the elder one, which is older, which is probably first came into use, maybe 500 um, AD, so 500 in the current era, when rome was starting to fall when the um, germanic tribes were starting to reach power the alans and things like that were crushing uh constantinople and the new roman empire and things like that so these there's a very these runes were formed in a time of strife and change and i've used the Elder Futhark and i've used the anglo-saxon rune poems to describe them because the room poems are very fulfilled and very um, easy to access and Old English is easier to translate for an English speaker than um, Old Norse. And these runes, I think, work really well because there's 24 of them with 24 concepts that um, group together in four groups of eight called ets or families that describe almost like tarot with the fool's journey through um, enlightenment you start off with the first act which is about how you find yourself you have your resources your strength your bliss your uh how you interact with other people then there's strife with Hel- heliglas which is the hail that destroys everything and then you move on to the last et where you talk about enlightenment you step through the portal of initiation with degas or you use Ingwaz, the heroic rune, to find your um, seed of influence and power within yourself and yes it's sort of like a hero's journey of power through the runes as you move through them I
3: love it. So essentially, since they haven't started as a divination tool, they've started as these letters, essentially, a way of communication, and they have like so much history and meaning behind them. Can we use them beyond just as divination tools? What are some of the ways, the
2: alternative ways, we can use the runes for? So runes are great um, because they're versatile the nordic peoples back in the day loved versatility if you're stuck on a boat in the boat in the middle of the north sea you need to make sure everything works and runes work not just to be able to write your name they not just to predict the weather or if a um if the monastery you're about to raid is going to be full of monks and treasure but it also works to heal to cast spells that like for success in battle or love making or um healing or curing someone or poisoning someone or all these malefics as well and by building a runic spell you use the concepts you want with intent um either scored onto stone or um you can burn it onto wood with a um, pyrography tool i use lollipop sticks because they're a really handy way of doing it um, to write um, individual runes in, in, in as a word that you'd make up to do your spell Or you can use a bind rune, and a bind rune is where you overlay different runes on top of each other to make a pattern that brings the energy of each of those runes in as a, um, almost like a veve that the um, hoodoo and the um, voodoo people use in Haiti. To bring that energy in as a pattern to manifest the intent that you have for it. And there's a story in Eagle Saga um of eagle who's this rune master who uh used his power to um to stop someone getting sick because the healer who tried to stop them getting sick used the wrong runes and was poisoning them by accident so he had to get get the old stick out burn the old stick and then start again so making sure the runes are really done with the right intent and the right knowledge of the runes builds a really powerful energetic resonance that pulls threads from different dimensions different times different people and different Universes to help you perform what you wanted to do,
3: I love that, and of course, in the book, you have some spells I've seen which uh, that, that people can try um so essentially they're like in the same way we use crystals, bring different qualities and creating something you can use rules in a similar way, so how about because I know you can carve the, the runes on different materials in different materials for example i've seen crystal runes i've seen wooden ones you've talked about brass ones so how does the material influence the reading or the way we use the runes
2: we know that the vikings used um whalebone um they used brass they used steel they used stone like pebbles from the beach to um, make their own runes and wood um i believe they the people at the time use the wounds as a, um, or what they carve them on, as an expedient method of what they want to use it for. I have stones handy; I'll use stones. I want something that will last a long time; I'll use metal. I've just, we've got a whalebone over here, so we'll use that. Now we have a much more nuanced view of the world we've had a 1500 years more evolution in our spiritual practice and in our human um, psyche and all this sort of stuff so if you wanted your room set to be a room set that promoted love and peace and joy perhaps using rose quartz in your rooms would work using tumble stones and a sharpie which you can use a carver thing but i'm not going to promote that you can cut your fingers off um or obsidian if you want to reflect those damp those energies back i'm not a, i'm not a big crystal person so they're they're about the two that i know off the top of my head so using if depending on the intent of your runes you want um you can use the crystal if you want your runes to have the energy of the wood the tree that goes with this my runes here are done on ash and these ash runes are from an old spear i used to have when i was doing viking reenactments and it broke so i cut the spear up to make my rune discs I also have one that's made of um, yew wood and yew in Viking mythology is a tree for travelling between dimensions. Um, if you sit under a yew in hot weather um, you and take some deep breaths and meditate, the tree releases a chemical that um, that's a little bit psychoactive and helps you step between dimensions. So your meditations would be really powerful, which is why yew trees tend to be seen as sacred, especially in, in the north. And they were found in... in um, churchyards now because they churches were built on sacred areas so they built put yew trees in there so we can see that the, the material you use to make the runes uh is a lot to do with the intent out of expedience you can grab whatever you've got to hand and in my book i talk about doing it on post-it notes or on lollipop sticks because they're things you might have to hand if you're making one for a bit more use i use my my rune discs every day and they're on bits of ash that will last probably 30 or 40 years before they wear out but it's up to you what you want because they're yours and if it's built with your energy with your power then your runes will resonate back with you even stronger but also vikings are really into blood sacrifice so don't be surprised if you cut yourself when you're making your runes because that happens and that really anchors in your energy into the power Yes, it's always great
3: to give part of your energy in, into the tool you're using to connect. Uh, now, so let's say we have the runes right now, we've created them or we've bought them or we've been gifted. How do we cast them? What is the uh, a step-by-step process? Of course, you, you explain it in more detail in, in the book, but just give us an idea as to how the process is done. So let's do one now.
2: Do you have a question for the runes, George?
3: uh yes why not actually let's do a collective question for everybody listening for everybody listening what what should they know that will help them move forward with their life purpose since this is the purpose of the podcast to help people follow their purpose
2: so i invite you listening now to place your hand on your heart take a breath tune in with your your question like what is your life purpose what's the what is the next step to take and I'm going to reach into my ring bag and I'm going to draw a rune for the previous influences, what's gone on before now. And that's Feyu. This is the rune of um, the cattle, the abundance, the money. And so this is an energy that's been bouncing around in your aura in the recent part of so literally maybe five minutes ago, maybe a day ago, not long ago at all. So this energy has been affecting what's going on in the world with you right now. It could be the fact that we're just coming out of a pandemic, and resources are getting a bit interesting around the world because things aren't moving how we expected them to be. That resources, that um, abundance is has been there. That's in the past, and right now is power. This is one of my favorite runes. Um, it, classically, it means chessmen or chance because. It's a thing that warriors do in the, in the long haul after battle. They, I don't know many young men who want to play chess after they've done something fun and exciting all day and been drinking. Peroth also translates to pussy as in sex. So it's a very sensual rune about reproduction and that growth of an idea, that um, very primal need to connect with another human being to build that energy up. And connecting like sex and so this is the energy that's drawing from this maybe fear space of failure that's come in the past of lack of resources of uncertainty about where um resources are coming from into this let's let's reconnect now let's see where connection we can build connections and lose our luck to build those connections and seizing that like like i said earlier if you don't seize the opportunities that the universe presents you Yeah, they'll come along again, but you've lost six months, you've lost a year. So if the opportunity to connect in some way comes, then this is the way, this is the action to take in the now. So in the next, like, few hours, maybe. And moving forward over the next short period of time towards maybe the end of the week, the next two or three days, we've got the rune Winyo. Winyo is also one of my favourite runes. I've got lots of favourite runes. Winyo is the rune of bliss. If You know, you're only sitting on um, by the windowsill, you've got a warm blanket on, and you've got your favorite drink, and you've got a book, and everything is just right. You've got a snack, maybe, and the cat's sitting on your lap. It's that feeling of just ah. Oh. So, this is what's going to come if you can seize the opportunity of connection around the idea of resources that's going to bring you forward into your bliss, into your life purpose because you will know that feeling and it's literally like you shed the, the racksack off your back you can stand a bit straighter your shoulders can go back your lungs can open and you can breathe clear fresh air because you have seized that opportunity you've taken action to connect with someone in any which way you want to connect with that person essentially and with the aspect of looking at where the resources are and where the resources come from So you build the story from this resources, this abundance, maybe you've got resources and you need resources through the connection, through the sexual attraction or the luck to build that connection into your bliss that will be your life purpose that will be and show you the way in what really, really makes you light up, like connect to your light within yourself.
3: Oh my God, I love it. Thank you so much for, for giving us a collective reading. And of course, for everybody listening, when, whenever you listen or watch this interview, that's a valid reading for you. So take it as it is. Every time. And and I love how how much depth we can get from just a single symbol when, you, <laughs> when we take the time to study, to understand the concept, and at the same time, feed off of the energy, the collective energy of all the people who have been using that, I feel that they're like powerful symbols that become access. Like, uh, I don't know they, they hold so much energetic information that as soon as we start connecting with the runes, they
2: it just becomes us and it comes yes. forth, right? And that's one of the fun things about runes is that um, because they have been relatively unchanged for 1500 years, they still have this really powerful resonance. You could probably do the same thing with the modern alphabet, but they've got, there's so much other stuff around it but these runes haven't been touched very much and so this this deep trench of thematic energy that flows through them is there in ways that we can dive straight into this really deep well of knowledge and energetic patterning and what's great about them is that you i everyone can have a slightly different interpretation that's equally valid because it's a felt experience not a prescribed one that a is for apple b is for bunny no, failure is wealth abundance. What does that concept mean to you? It may, you may not value dollars, you may value hugs. And, that, and it's all those sort of things that bring energy to you in your way, for your interpretation, uniquely, powerfully yours.
3: Wow, powerful. I love how layered they are. Rich, thank you so much for sharing with us so much information about the runes. I loved learning more about it, and I'm sure everybody did as well. And people, you can, you can let us know in the comments if you, if you enjoyed this. If you have any questions for Rich, make sure to post it in the comments below if you're watching this on YouTube. And if you are watching this uh, in, in a podcast episode, then make sure to come within your Spiritual Toolkit Facebook group and ask your question there. Rich, can you please tell people where they can connect with you and where they can get the book from?
2: Um, the book is out at the beginning of November, so a couple of months uh, from the time of recording, um, anywhere you get books from. You can find out, there's a pre-order thing on my website, richardlister.com, where you can get a under-the-cloak meditation, which is an ancient form of meditation that the Vikings practice, and a bind room for abundance. Um, again, richardlister.com is where you can find me. Um, I'm on social media where I do a room meeting every day, at richardlisteruk. I haven't worked out a TikTok yet, so it's only on Instagram and Facebook. But, um, yeah, you can find me there. And I love um, I love doing this, so please don't be afraid to ask questions. And if you ask me into George's group, I can definitely help you as well.
3: Yes, perfect. Richard, thank you so much for coming thank onto you. the podcast
2: and sharing with us. My absolute pleasure. It's an honor. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at George Lizos to grab your free Lightworker Survival Guide and catch the next
3: live episode.
0: Botox Cosmetic, of Botulinum Toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.